0: Welcome, everybody, to the AJ Osborne Show, where we focus on our core tenets impact, freedom, and progress. Join me and others as we grow through education and discussion. Welcome, everybody, to the AJ Osborne Podcast. Today, I have Van Sturgeon with me, and you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation. So, without any further ado, how's it going, man?
1: It's been going really well. I've been looking forward to this uh, to this podcast. We kind of had to reschedule a couple of times because you're a busy guy, and I, you know me too. And so, I've been really looking forward to it uh, to, to get to, you know get in touch with you and
0: have a great conversation. Absolutely. Well to get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you? You're in Canada right now, but uh what do you do? Where are you from? Well, I'm a, I'm a I was born and raised in Chicago
1: and uh my my to immigrant parents, we we lived uh there in um in the north side of Chicago and my parents had a one bedroom apartment and my brother and I and the mother and father lived there and we were just uh there, you know, trying to fill out the live out the American dream and putting their, all their money together to buy their dream home. And uh, all of a sudden, they figured out. They learned that their apartment building that we had been renting an apartment from had gone up for sale. So instead of being uh, homeowners, they decided to become landlords. And so all the little monies that they were saving up to put out down payment, they borrowed some money from friends and family, and they became landlords. And that happened in the, in the late 70s when they took possession of this uh, apartment building. and. You're too young to remember, AJ, but those times were really tumultuous. There was a lot, a lot of stuff going on back then. And with interest rates at 18%, 20%, uh, unemployment rate was crazy. The ran hostage situation, it was just a miserable time. And so this little apartment building my parents bought that was fully occupied, all of a sudden uh, the neighborhood started to change on us. And we saw all of a sudden we started to see 40%, 60% vacancy rate. This was like in the late 70s, early 80s. It It was a really bad period of time. So in the midst of that, as yeah, walking around the neighborhood, uh, uh, you would see landlords who couldn't hold on to their properties because the vacancy rate and just the economy was horrible. They were literally torching their buildings to collect insurance money, and um, and so we did everything that we could under that environment to try to survive, and and uh, we ultimately uh, ended up um, uh, just doing every all the work that we could possibly do ourselves. We did. We didn't hire painters and uh, and stuff like that, we did everything internally to just be able to survive, to be able to make a, you know, to hold on to this investment. And uh, is from that background is where I got this, this you know, the renovation general contracting side uh, was sort of inbred in me because of uh, the, the issues that I, we had in the beginning. So ultimately, uh, I went off to university, graduated, and I, I had a chance to become a lawyer. You know, every every mother and father's dream is to have their baby boy walk around with a three-piece suit and alligator shoes. And and uh, I, I balked at the idea, and I, and I devastated the poor folks. And I said, you know what, I, I this isn't for me. I really love the, you know, I really love re- renovations and general contracting. And so, begrudgingly, they, they, they left me do what I wanted to do, and I followed my heart. And I got started in the early 90s in Chicago, just going out there hustling trying to create a you know, try to drum up business and um as I was going out there trying to grow my business it have, thankfully it was a good period of time in real estate and I start uh, I, I grew my business but I kept running into the same cats the same individuals these real estate investors who would buy these properties and would you know do some renovations and would flip them and make them profits and and then create a you know buy them also uh, to rent and hold to even have portfolios and so it was under that uh realize, hey, maybe I should give this a whirl. And so I, I had my general contracting side but I also started flipping homes in the Chicagoland area. And, and that's how I got involved. Uh, as I grew both of these businesses, I got more and more involved in real estate. And so right now I've got several companies that are in real estate, from property management to uh, I'm a home builder and also uh, renovations and 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 also I, I I've got about a thousand I got over a thousand uh, doors uh, spread over um, Ohio, Michigan, uh, New Brunswick up in Canada, and also uh, in Florida. So these this is uh, so that's what I that that's where I'm at right now. So I'm sort of in a semi-retirement stage of my life where I've gotten away from uh, the day-to-day operations. I got great people and I partner up with some great people that are running the show, and and I'm uh, I'm I'm just sort of uh, is taking a step back and talking to folks like you trying to spread out spread the good word about you know real estate the benefits and you know what we it's amazing how what you can accomplish uh in trying to create financial freedom if you use real estate as that vehicle to to get you to that happy place and you know what i'm talking about so that's my story
0: you know it's I love the story, first of all, of your immigrant parents, you seeing it in works, understanding the power of it, and you've built yourself now an empire, but it's built upon the fundamentals, right? So you're... I like, I'm always interested in people that have been successful and they have created financial freedom and any wealth vehicle. It's, it's really interesting to me, the factors that allow them to do that, because anybody that's investing or an entrepreneur or anything else, they know you have to create, right? It's, it, it doesn't exist. It's not handed. It's a creation process. And I'm very interested in the elements that allow people like you, right? To create this future, and to create this something that didn't exist, and when we I, when I look at it, it comes down so often to things like you just said. It is a basic principles. It's a fundamental understanding of value and what works, and then over the long term, that plays out well. Now, my question is though, from when you started, and from even when your when your parents got started, there has been a lot of significant ups and downs in the economy we've gone through a lot of cycles like you said you saw it at uh, you know 18 percent interest rates which to anybody today that's unimaginable like you know we talk about you want to shut down the housing market just go to like four to five percent interest rates that, that would baffle most people trying to buy homes right now because it's just so foreign um, and then we talk about a time when you had 18 percent interest rates and people still bought homes. Like, that's crazy. My parents did, right? Um, now, through all these cycles, through everything that you've seen, I always like to ask people in your position, what are the things that you saw that people did that worked through them, ups and downs? And what were the things that took people out during these cycles?
1: Um, I got involved in a time where we didn't have so, uh, access to so much information. The internet wasn't developed, I got rolling. Like it really, uh, it started to play a part in the you know late 90, 1990s, early two thousands is when the internet and access to information started to really make a difference. But back when I got started, it wasn't. So um, I had already had an instinct, or already had an understanding of what was uh, how to you know to do what I needed to do in order to be able to acquire a property that was beat up and and sprinkle some some hard work and effort, some sweat equity, and being able to raise a value and sell it. Um, really, uh, I, there was a number of, I don't know if I'm going to answer this question uh, your question properly, but uh, along the roads of trying to figure out the mechanism or the way to be able to be successful, I've been very lucky at certain junctures in my life where I had interventions from people. And it could be, you know, I'm a big believer in, in the universe and God, and at every time that i came to a point where i was at a juncture there was some intercession there that resulted in me in taking the right path and so so in the early on i, I started to develop both of these businesses on uh, the general contract design and started doing these real estate deals like doing flips and it got to a point where i was overwhelmed with it and i i i, I and i got to the, i had to i could i had to figure it out and thankfully i i made an investment in real estate a coach like there was an actual coach out in chicago that sort of took me under his wing. I paid him a lot of money, but he took me under a wing. Was able to show me the way and trying to be able to, you know, work on the business, not in the business. And then over a period of time, I, I, I've always held that true. That numbers don't lie in this business, and systems and processes uh, don't don't lie. And you you develop those, and that's how you're able to create the foundation to be able to scale. So in my situation, when I was able to get away from that, you know, working on the, you know, working in the business and working on it and got to change that mindset, which, AJ, it was very difficult for me because I came from a background where our family did everything. We had to do everything, and I had to do everything because I was the only person that could do it the best, and I didn't want to spend the money. I was a cheapskate. I wanted to make sure I had control over everything, and that's the reason I was able to get away from that mindset, and that's when I started to grow this business. As I was growing this business, absolutely, there were uh, situations uh, where where I dodged some bullets and I took some hits, but ultimately, I came from a place where I could control my destiny insofar as I always bought correctly, I bought right. Money's always made on the buy. And a lot of folks, I feel so badly for new real estate investors who want to get into the game, understand the merits associated with making that investment in real estate and diversifying your portfolio. And they're out there on MLS. They're out there and looking at trying to find a property on that medium. And I keep reminding people that you're not the only one. There's millions of other eyeballs that are on that on that website looking for the deal. And quite frankly, there are no deals. Yeah, you got to go out there and you got to find the deals. Mm-hmm. You got to get out there and you got to get deep into some you know some stuff yeah. and dig through it and find nuggets and find the diamonds and rough. And that, as a result of that, I've been able to qu- uh, acquire such a value that. If there is a turn in the economy, turns don't happen overnight. They, it's a slow mo- it's, a, it's a boat that turns. It takes a while for it to turn. My, flip, my, my situations were always quick, so that I, you know, I might take a loss, but it wouldn't be substantial in comparison to others who who bought wrongly and were over leveraged. I, I always try to. I always wanted to sleep all at night, and and that's how I looked at
0: uh, real estate investing. I love that. Um, and, you know, it, it is so true with what you said. And that's a line that, you know, I've heard forever is that you make your money when you buy. And there's two mo. Like when I look at value, I think there's two types of value. I think there's given value and there's earned value. Right. So you can you can find deals that the value is given. It's just so off the market. Right. And it's like, nobody saw it and it wasn't on the MLS and you've had it. And it's just this easy up rents to market. Right. But then there's also the earned value. And that's like this value add process that is contingent on you improving and changing that value for the customers. Now the value fundamentally changed because of what you did and the assets worth much more. Right. And it, it sound, you know, when I look at people starting out, that first value is what's really important. That's how I started out. It was basically, I'm just trying to find given value in the market. It's almost like arbitrage, right? Because I didn't know enough. I didn't have the skill set, I didn't have anything. And so it was really like, I only get it when I buy, like nothing else. But then as you grow, as you get older, you get bigger, like you were doing things where you're coming in, finding it, you're buying it, changing that value, and developing a good value add process. And that's something you can scale. And it sounds like you were doing a really good job because if I'm not mistaken, you were buying underperforming assets, then you were coming in and you were fixing them up and basically repurposing them to a new type of tenant. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. And there was there was the immediate gratification where you would grab a property and and, and off market and uh, do, do what you had to do cosmetically, and and then three or four months time be able to sell it and make a profit. There's also there was also mo- situations where uh, there's some major capital improvements made where you change the zoning. There's all also opportun- there's a lot of opportunities out there. You yep. just got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to get out of that. You got to get out of. You got to be different in the marketplace. Yes, you, know, you always got to create. The, you got to be the different. You got to create the f- differentiation between you and the other investors out there. So what does that mean? Like maybe you specialize in pro- uh, products or properties that nobody wants to touch with a 10-foot pole. Hmm. I love foundations that are crumbling. I love basements that are leaking. I love situations where there's asbestos and all that kind of stuff because I know the steps. I know what I need to do in order to be able to turn that around. And a lot of folks stay away from them, which is good. Yeah. I don't want competition. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Get away from you no. Know, it's no good for you. I'll deal with it. And that's one of the things uh, I've got that skill set is that I'm uh, uh, on the – Renovation side, nothing scares me. I've built, I've done everything that walks and crawls in real estate. So, uh, building a house or renovating a house, I've done so many of them. I literally have done thousands of them that it it's second nature to me. It's just like you asking me how to build that wall behind you. I, I, like I don't need a map, I don't need yeah. a guide. I just, no. and I've done so many of them that I know. So that is the point. Uh, that is where I, I people have got to find that yes. w- what separates them from the rest. Yes, and ultimately. AJ, you got to you gotta love what you do. Like 100%. I love, I love real estate. I love talking about it. I'm passionate about it, just like how you are. And as a result, when you are following your heart and you're doing something that you truly, I don't see this as work. Me yeah. talking about real estate is not work to me. Me going out there and uh, dealing with renovations or buying a property is not work for me. It's, I love it. I wake up in the morning and I'm thrilled by waking up. I'm so blessed because I have that opportunity to do something that I love. And ultimately, folks have got to get into that. They they got to find what makes them, drives them, what makes them happy, what they love that they don't find as work. And if they can find that, that, you know, everybody has that gift, has that, has that, whether they're, they're, they're able to bake a cake or whether they're able to sing a song, whether they're able to, whatever. You know, you got to find what that, what that is. And and you know you, the sky's the limit. If you do, if you're doing something that you love, so this is what I love. Yeah, so I must.
0: Now you're you're exactly right. I mean, when we got started doing self storage, which is what I do, everybody was like, "What are you doing? You're buying these little junkyard things, right?" Like it was like people were like, "Why aren't you buying real assets?" Like you know what I mean? But yep. I loved it. I love self storage. Like it's weird, but I loved the, I fit with it. I had natural business skills that lended me to do operations and turn them around. And, um, that's basically what really built it, right? There was this vacant in the market, which I tried to go and I tried to get into like multifamily, things like that, but I couldn't compete. Cause I didn't know how I didn't know find the deals and, and at that. So I moved over to somewhere else where nobody else was. And you know we. We built it. We found this niche. Then we got into things like conversions, buying buildings that other people didn't know what to do with. They're like, we don't even know how to use this anymore. And we're like, we'll take it. And we turn it into something else, right? And all of a sudden, we'd have this massive uptick in value. So what you just said about doing deals, like people, there was, like I always say, we do deals that other people wouldn't touch, right? We buy offices.
1: But AG, isn't that a great place to be at? Like you walking in while everybody's running out? That's, oh, that's where I... I love it because that's what I've done. Like in 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 in, there are situations where in the economy when things have changed, where people are running for the doors. I was the one who stepped forward, and actually that's yep. where I grew my business the most amount. So right Me now too. we're we're in the midst of a situation where we have uh, an extreme in the marketplace where we have real estate going bonkers all over the place, mm-hmm. and I'm not running in. I'm I'm I'm. We're gonna see how this pans out because every extreme there's a you know it's like an elastic band that stretches Then mm-hmm. eventually it's gonna snap. And I don't. I don't want to be around when that snaps. Like I'm happy and content where I've got my portfolio. And my, you know, we usually do between 100 to 300 transactions in a year, like indoors. Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not as aggressive because I, I. There's a lot of stuff going on in the marketplace that doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Um. And ultimately, we're going to have to see what's going to flush out over the next six to eighteen months. But again, this is going to be an opportunity, I believe that's people, uh, when people are running, you should be stepping in because that's where I've seen the dramatic, the most amount of, uh, increases in my portfolio or my net worth during these, during these tumultuous times where people are running and I haven't, you know, I wasn't running. I was walking in.
0: That's so first of all, exact same with us. It was during the recession, right? We came in and we just went super aggressive. Um, we built out, we'd already been in it before. We didn't get into like during two thousand, you know, five plus. We we didn't touch anything, single family houses, anything, because it didn't make sense to us. And it's just because we didn't really understand it didn't cash flow. We didn't think there was a bubble, nothing like that. We didn't know. It just it didn't work, right? And even now, when I'm looking at it, it's so funny because I'm like, the deals we're doing today, are ten times more work, than any deal we did in the previous five years, because. We have to, like, we have to go after deals that other people won't want. I mean, we bought a deal that was an on-market deal that they couldn't sell because there was so much work that needed to be done to it. And so we're like, we'll take that one, right? It's like, you know, so we like even finding deals today, we have to find the ones that have issues that have problems. We bought a bunch right after coronavirus. So we got a great opportunities because the market freezed for like a month, right? It was just a weird blinking of an eye. So we bought buildings that were going back to the bank and everything. Just in that small moment, we took uh, advantage and bought a storage facility, you know, huge deal that we had and then after that it evaporated and we're like, okay, well now what do we do? So all of a sudden we had to change our entire like uh, deal flow it was like we we're looking in markets we would have never been in before. We're looking at deals that we that nobody wants to touch. And so this idea of value and this idea of capturing it that you're talking about is just so important to investors. Like don't expect the market just to hand you something. Because if today no. in today's market if it if you're taking it and the market's handing it to you, it's handing it to you at a massive premium. It's that's right, um, it's not a deal. It's not, not a deal.
1: like you got it. It, it, there's a reason why there's a saying you get a diamond in the rough because it's in the rough. It's in the it's in the vegetation. It's in the cabbage, and you got to pull back the leaves to find that diamond. And it's not it never should be easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And I love what you just said. You got to constantly change and improvise. You got to look at. There's a reason why I was in Chicago, and then I left Chicago and I moved to you know I, I, started, I set up in Toronto, and from Toronto I went to Michigan and Ohio because I saw opportunities in those areas. People were running for you know homes you know, $30,000, $50,000 a pop in Detroit, where the cash flow was so, so good. It couldn't, I couldn't, pa- it I couldn't pass up on it. Yeah. You know, there's opportunities in Florida in 07, 09, 010, where there's beautiful homes that were 400, $500,000 that dropped down to a hundred, and you know, some change where you're pulling off a uh, rent, uh, rental income at $1, 15, $1,800 a month. And all you had to do was just do a little simple arithmetic. You're like, Oh, no problem. I'll yeah. take that. I'll take yeah. that. And I'll take that. So there are opportunities even to this day. Yeah, my inbox is full because of relationships I've created with with you know the you know the areas that I that I where mm-hmm. my portfolios are where I have people you know from real estate agents to mortgage brokers to bird dogs to wholesalers. Yeah, I got all so my inbox is full. My team goes through opportunities every single day. So when people say to me, "No, no, no, there's no there's no deals out there, there's no opportunities," I said, "No, that's not true. It's not true for me. There is." Maybe not as plentiful as they once were, yes. but nevertheless, I still come across opportunities. I'm sure you'll say the same. Yep. And if you don't, maybe you've got to rejig it. Maybe you've got to figure out another angle, another approach to be able to get you back to that happy place where you
0: have an opportunity to be able to, 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 to profit and grow. Bingo. Couldn't agree more. Now, I want to talk to you again about these cycles because l- like you, of course, um, I think there's a lot of people, including me, that are very nervous right now. At this part of the cycle, Um, we're in uncharted territories, uh, speaking um, as far as fiscally uh, for the governments, everything else like that. Um, What are you seeing and what are you looking for? What are the things that in the next few years, um, give me your just kind of outlook or your overall sentiment, especially in like single family homes, because that is crazy right now.
1: It, it is crazy and there's so many different factors now that are pushing the prices. so you've got uh, you got government who has expanded their, their their balance sheet and they're spending money like you know just buying up whatever they can buy up to salvage things and prop them up. You got commodity prices through the roof because of supply and demand. Um, so you've got a lot of things going on and it's not a it's not a fun time to be at. but you touched on something which is a key. The word is cycle. Uh, I have seen the same kind of hysteria in 07 and 0, you know, 06, 05, 06, where you know, uh, prices kept multiplying in certain parts of geographical areas in the United States and Canada, and then all of a sudden 07, 08, and then the, the, the sky fell. Um, it, it's a cycle. So you've got to recognize that, and you have to be patient. Uh, I still am acquiring properties but ultimately still you got to be very diligent in the numbers and making sure that the opportunity does exist um if i ha- I don't have a crystal ball unfortunately yeah. AJ no and does. I've been as yeah and as wrong as I've been i've been right and and I don't know all I can tell you is that when you're dealing with situations that are this extreme and they're incredibly extreme there usually is a, a snapback that will occur. When will that occur? I don't know. It could be in six months from now. It could be 18 months. And it could be, it could be as simple, heaven forbid, it could be something as simple as some airplanes flying into some buildings, yep. or it could be something, it could be something, uh, passed about in Washington, you know, the 1031 that they're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Capital gains, taxes, yep. you know, increases there, inheritance, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it could be government induced. It could be, you know, I don't know. Ultimately you just gotta be in a position where you, the numbers don't lie. And if there are always got to look at trying to differentiate yourself, there are opportunities. You just got to, you got to sort of transition and figure those, you got to figure that out. So, I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't, I don't have a crystal ball, but I definitely will, there will be opportunities
0: there. To, there's going to be what you said is just perfect. Like nobody can predict the markets, but you know, it's coming because it always does. Like people are like, do you think there will be a downturn? Well, yeah, of course. Like what does it's that a even cycle. mean? It's a cycle, yeah. right? Um and then people are like, "Oh, so are you waiting or you you and I and I have a phrase that I that, that is really important to me. And that's a good deal is a good deal in a down market and an up market in a sideways market. And w- what that means to me is that if it's a good deal today, even if there's a downturn, it'll still be a good deal. Now, could I have gotten it cheaper something? Yeah, probably, but I can't time that. If it meets my return metrics, the fundamentals are solid and I can improve it and everything else like that, it's a good deal. Now, like you said, there's just a lot harder deals to find. <laughs> there's a lot less good deals at top cycle of the market, but a good deal for me is a good deal even in the downturn. Now, downturns produce a Lots more good deals, generally speaking. And I have to work 10 times as hard to find those good deals during other times. And they're easy to find during downturns. But no matter what, it's coming. It's a cycle, right? right. Um, now, I, I don't think that you should be paralyzed. But at the same time, it's never been more important in times like this, where everything's so exaggerated, to be very, very... uh careful and really understand that investment. Really understand, right? Is this, is this a cash flowing deal? Is this predicated on some equity multiple return that has to rise because of the market, right? Like it's, if I'm buying a property today and I think that the market is going to make it more valuable in three years, that is pure gambling. And that's, and that's not how I do business. That's not how I invest, right? So the market can't make my deals, right? It needs to be predicated on other things. So that's kind of how I look at it. Once again, just the same as you, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it'll be. It could be anything. I mean, it could be something that none of us have ever thought about because it usually is terrorist attacks, coronavirus, whatever that may be.
1: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to say just for your listeners to give them a, uh, give them a better understanding of what you just uh, described.
0: And I totally agree
1: with you. There are opportunities right now, as we speak where there's something very something very simple, like a single-family home that you can purchase for uh, $200,000, and you can rent that home out for $2,000 a month. Taking a property like that and all of a sudden uh, creating an in-law suite in the basement and creating that additional rental income that all of a sudden adds another $1,800, $1,200 a month that is something that's beautiful. I don't care if the economy is great or not great, the sky is falling, whatever. The numbers justify that investment, yes. uh, you know, purchasing that property because you just created something out of nothing, yep. or grabbing a property that has excess va- amount of land and going through a severing process, and all of a sudden you got two properties instead of one. One with a house on it, the other one is just vacant land, that you can turn around and sell to a builder. Those are the types of things that do exist uh, today and will exist tomorrow. Good times, bad times. I don't care what it is, but that is something where the market passes over that opportunity, but you see it. And just by being creative, creative, yes, being different, yep. finding those opportunities do exist, you can't lose. So if I can find something like that, bring it back up the truck. Give me more. Yep. I don't care how bad the economy is yep. or how good
0: the economy is. Because it's a no brainer. It's a win. It's a win. No matter what. If values go down, you just buy more. Yep. So I love that. It's this hedge. It allows you to keep moving. Now, of course, investors is frustrating. I get that because you have to look hard and you, there's other things you do. We're looking at, okay, how do we build our off market deal? We had a deal that came in to us yesterday. That was someone that's never put the property on the market. They want to sell, but they don't want to pay the broker fee or whatever. So they're going to sell to us, which, you know, it's going to be obviously at a discount because we have to value right. it how we do it. And it has extra land, right? So all of a sudden we're sitting here going, I could double this asset, sell off the land or even double it again, right? I can get it at my price that I want because they want to sell. They don't want to go through the traditional means and they don't want to provide, uh, you know, probably all the information or they don't have a lot of it readily. So then we get it at a discount. Now, all of a sudden I'm sitting here going, oh, this is still and nobody even knows it. Like and nobody no. knows it. So we don't see those deals. You don't see those stills because you don't see it on the MLS. And you're like, well, of course you don't. That one, like you said before, that's not how it works. Like creativity no. is everything. And, and that's find, up markets, down markets. You got to find that diamond in the rough. But
1: but but uh, something to, to go further, like we're always going to constantly, the uh, real estate is the greatest vehicle for, for, you know, to, 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 for you know financial freedom. Yes. Nevertheless, real estate is constantly also growing and changing, moving and grooving. Uh, you, I'm seeing more and more now, you know because of cap rates being you know, continuously being pressed. and because interest rates and bond yields are so ridiculously low, you've got a lot of players now who are looking for the safety and security of, of, of you know, being able to get a positive return on their investments are now going into real estate. And 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 you know because they can't go into the stock market because it's volatile and not, sometimes funds are not even allowed to go based yes. on their uh, based on uh, their their charter. So as a result, they're getting into them. They're getting into our space. Yep. And so now they're getting into our space where now we have to compete with them, and they got lots of money. So, yep. what do you do? Well, now you got to change things around. You got to you got to you got to go you, like you like you. I love what you said. You got to change your, your, your mindset. You got to change where you looking for opportunities and there are opportunities around us. Yes. That's what that's what's so great about this universe, about this world is that we have, there's opportunities around us all the time. And so if one door closes, there's another door opens. So that's all, I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. I, I, that I think no, that's move. just
0: like, you got to be constantly moving. You got to be creating, you got to be on top of it because you've got to uncover It's literally, I'm like, you know, deals don't get, you know, you don't get deals. You create deals. And that should be everyone's mantra, especially right now. So let me ask you this. You're, you're now, you know, you've got to, your company set up. You're kind of uh, moving forward. What are what are your plans now? Like, if you're, are you sticking with what you're doing? Are you going to go into other spaces? Like, uh, what are what are your thoughts here? Is there other asset classes that you find interesting that you want to be in, or do you have your system and you got it down and you're just growing it from here?
1: I've got my system and I'm just growing it, and and ultimately. There's always going to have to be some revisions to the system. There's going to be, because of just how the, you know, the economy and the new players that come in, they come and go. Like, like the scenario that uh, that we're undergoing right now, where you have, you know, a, a flood of investors that have moved into our space that are looking for returns and are pushing they're compressing cap rates. Those types of good individuals will be in that marketplace and they might be there for the long haul. They might be in it for now and then all of a sudden they will disappear. I've seen some major blow-ups over the last, you know, over 30 years of, of people getting into a particular space and then screwing up and then never, you know, never coming back again. So ultimately right now I'm uh, we, we're concentrating in the areas where we uh, have our portfolios, where we have seen success. Um, uh, there's uh, always opportunities in those areas, and they're just going to continue the status quo. Ultimately we'll see what the economy and uh, what's going to end up happening and whether we open up another front in other parts of the uh, in North America, there's opportunities everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but right now, I'm, we're happy. We're we're happy. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy where we are. And I've got fortunately enough, I've got some great people working for me, and I partner up with some great people as well. So, um, yeah. That, nothing. Nothing ever rests on one particular individual. You got to yes. create a team. I always encourage people. If you really want to get into any success, you can't do it yourself. There's mm-hmm. a line that Henry Ford says: "There's only so much you can accomplish with two hands." You got to get out there and you got to create a power team. You got to create people where you can actually draw from and be able to create relationships or create win-win situations where they help you, you help them. And so uh, opportunities will present themselves. We're going to keep the status quo. It's worked for me for the last 30 years. So why? Yeah. I, I, if broken, go I it ain't broken, don't fix it.
0: I love it. No, that's awesome. All right. And before, before we end here, I want you to real quick though, give us a, uh, for somebody starting out, like if you're just looking out, you're getting into it. Wh- how? Where would you direct that person? And I don't mean direct them by asset class, or anything else like that. Where would you direct them on what they should be doing? I
1: I've I've been asked that question a lot of times. You know, if you could go back uh, 30 years ago, or if you could find that new person who wants to, you know, create some sort of financial freedom, some something, create some success. What to, should they do? Well, I strongly encourage you to get into real estate because, well, that's all I know. I love mm-hmm. it. And yep. so I'm yep. going to suggest things that, that I know. I'm suggesting get into real estate. But uh, the next question, well, I don't have any money or I have, you know, only I have X amount of dollars and I don't have enough to be able to purchase a property. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You know, you go out there in the marketplace and you put in the, uh, the effort in terms of understanding your marketplace, understanding a sub market. Going in and figuring out what's what's moving, what's not moving, and finding opportunities, whether you knock on the door on a beat up property, or you think outside the box on that property has got an extra piece of land that you can sever, or you know, buying that property, has got a basement that you can maybe convert into an in-law suite that you can all that kind of stuff. You can find those types of nuggets and they're out there all over the place. It's amazing how investors like yours truly are able to step forward and say, Yeah, hey, let's partner up. Let's go, let's do that. Where it, or you grab a deal like that on a wholesale basis and you sell it to a guy like me. There's opportunities to be yes. able to get into real estate without putting one single nickel into it, but you got to put in the effort. You got to, yes. it's hard work. It's not easy. It was never meant to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But if I were to one, uh, to start all over again, that's where I would start. I would start to buy wholesaling. I would start to get out there and create relationships in the in those areas that, I'm const- that I'd be concentrating on. And you will find that deal. Once you found that deal, there are opportunities to go to your local area, to go to your Facebook real estate groups, to go to meetup groups where there's investors like me standing around waiting for that opportunity. And you wave that carrot in front of me, oh, I'm going to grab it, and we're yeah. going to we're going to do some business together. At the very least, you'll make X amount of dollars off of that deal. I'll buy from you, or maybe just maybe, if I see a track record of you producing these types of deals. going to be in a position to say hey instead of me selling it to you let's you know back and let's you know let's partner up yeah and uh, why would i as a investor walk away from that no 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 you're the you're the golden goose yeah you're the ones keep laying these golden eggs so let's start let's let's get into partnership those are the types of steps that unfortunately i don't see out there on the internet you know people talking about but those are the types of things you got to do and once you get into a system where you're, you're 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 finding value and you're able to you know commoditize it by selling it to a person like me, which there's lots of guys like me. They're out there. Lots. Millions of eyeballs are on MLS. If I can grab one of those eyeballs and say, hey, I got a deal here for you. Trust me, you'll be able to, sell, you'll be able to find somebody, yes. especially nowadays. Yeah. Uh, so the opportunities, that's what I would do if I was going to start it all out. Again, it would be based on uh, real estate. And never, two things I, I always uh, want to suggest to people. One, find something that you love to do. Because naturally, you know, naturally, the passion, the desire, the ability will come through. And then also, uh, once you find that opportunity, uh, like uh, real estate is a tremendous vehicle, and that's the reason why ninety percent of the millionaires out there uh, have gotten involved in it. So, I would suggest, you know, really strongly to get into it uh, as well.
0: I love it. And that, a, that is create, just... a, you create a differentiator. You know, yes. create that Separate you yourself. Know? That's right. I, I, I just man, I, nothing to even add. That's just. Fabulous advice. Um, where can people find out more about you? Where can people go? Um, where, where, where? Yeah, where can people get a hold of you?
1: Well, I've got a. I, I, I'm really. I'm a, as I mentioned, at the top of the show. I think I, I'm a, sort of in a semi-retirement stage of my life, and I, I've got some great people do looking after my businesses. And I'm. I really. I spend some time trying to figure out what my why is, and my why yeah. is really. I really enjoy helping people. I enjoy. I'm passionate about. Up to people in in the in real estate, getting started in real estate investing in particular on their handling how to plan and manage your renovations. So I created a website where I've got a bunch of uh, articles uh, that I've written that have picked up on you know Yahoo News and places like that. Uh, I've got a free renovation calculator that you can download for off of my off of the website as well. And then lastly, I've got a, tree, a free training video where if you really want to know how to plan and manage a successful renovation, because there's a lot of fear. You're dealing with thousands of yeah. dollars that are yeah. at stake. I, uh, I've got a free training video because I've done thousands of these renovations from apartments all the way to you know office buildings that walks you through how to successfully plan and manage your renovation. So I encourage people, if you really have any interest in learning more about me or just getting a successful renovation, be able to, to do one, to go on my website and you can get that information. In, and what, uh, what's that you, site?
0: We'll put it in the show notes. Sure. It's vansturgeon.com. Okay, perfect. Good. Easy enough. No, that that's awesome. Well, hey, thank you for coming in. It, it's I right now more than ever. People need perspective, and you did a very good job of walking people through it. And that's probably the most valuable thing our listeners could get right now is to not be in despair. Not doing like you need perspective. Look at the whole. There's real estate cycles. We go through a long time. It's doable you can do it and everything just have that perspective so we'll have that in the show notes and uh, um i I, once again thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it
1: thank you very much for having me Uh, it was a great conversation i look forward to speaking to you again perhaps
0: sounds great we'll talk soon